All right. Acts chapter number one in verse number four. We'll begin in verse four and read down to verse number 12. If you found your spot, say amen. Amen. And being assembled together with them, this is talking about Jesus and the disciples, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but what? Wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. That was a polite way of saying it's none of your business. Which the father has put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the privilege and the honor, the opportunity it is to come and and just be with people who are just ready to learn, ready to grow, ready to develop, ready to be discipled and to mature and and be completed in their Christian walk. Lord, I pray that you'll help us tonight. I pray that you'll give us an unction from glory. It's one thing to have the material and it's it's one thing to have the the notes and all this to go together. But Lord, we need your spirit to deliver it. We pray that you'll open our minds, open our hearts, give us an understanding to clearly comprehend what you'd want us to learn tonight. And I pray that you'll strengthen me. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. Bless everybody that's here. Lord, I'm so grateful. They could have been a hundred other places, but they chose to be in your house. And Lord, I pray that you'll honor them for that. In Jesus' name, we all pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Fairview, you you guys may be seated out there. Leading up to this, leading up to to, uh, this book, Acts, Acts, the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Church or... Uh, some will say the acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. Uh, many have, have said it this way, that the gospels record uh, what Jesus did while he was in body here on this earth. It records his behavior. It records his deeds. It records uh, his service and his work and all the things that he did while he was in a physical body. But then Acts represents what Jesus continued to do, but through his spirit in the body, the church. Does that make sense? Amen. In other words, what Jesus started and continued to do while he was here in physical form, he continued to do through the body of Christ, the church, uh, through the spirit that he put in them to keep doing what he did. You say, what did he do? He said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So he was seeking sinners. So if, if we have the spirit of God in us, we're going to be seeking and all God's people see it. 
Amen. And so sometime between, sometime between the resurrection and this point here, this point here, this where we're reading today is 10 days before Pentecost. Uh, he is ascended 10 days later, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's promised that that would take place. But somewhere between uh, his uh, resurrection and his ascension, he had what we call the Great Commission, which was given uh, in Galilee. He said, he told the disciples, he said before he was even crucified, when he was going to the garden, uh, he said, now look, I'm, I'm fixing to die. I'm fixing to be crucified. The shepherd uh, is going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. But, but when I, when I die, I'm going to rise again and I'll meet you guys in Galilee. So he told him a specific mountain. And I personally believe, and many, many, many in Israel believe, uh, that it's the Mount of Beatitudes where he gave the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, I, and, and we were able to visit that and see that. And they believe that's where he gave the Great Commission. And the Great Commission, everybody knows that or should. I say everybody knows that. I read a Barna survey today that said 51% of professing Christians said they had no idea what the Great Commission was. Now, that's terrible. Now, I don't blame, I don't blame Christians. I, I blame this, that lays on, on pastors because we should be teaching this and we should be, we should be helping people understand this because it's the main mission and the main purpose of the church. It is, it is so significant and so important. It's the only reason Jesus left us here is to share him, spread the gospel, tell the good news, seek sinners, continue what he did while he was here. Does that make sense? Say amen. amen. Significant, significant. Uh, Matthew 28. He said, all power is given unto me. And the word power there means authority. He said, it's all been given to me. And he said, now, therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then after you make disciples, after you baptize them, he says, I want you to teach them all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So he's not saying go and make converts. He's saying go make disciples and then teach them what you know so they can go teach someone what they know. Does that make sense? Paul told Timothy, that which thou hast learned of me, commit thou to faithful men that they may be able to teach others also. The great commission and the the vision and the goal to reach this world with the gospel, it seems there's no way we can do that. But there is a way if we do it like he said. It wouldn't, it, I mean, it's multiplication. It would take, it's, we got to, say it with me, each one, each one, each one, reach one, teach one. Okay, say amen. amen. I'm going to challenge you on that, all right? We're going to keep, we're going to keep rehearsing that till we get that down, amen? Now, here we find in Galilee, Jesus told them the Great Commission. He told them what they're supposed to do. He gave them kind of like their marching orders, their command. This is, this is your job. This is your goal. This is your mission. This is your responsibility. Well, sometime between then and now here in, or excuse me, uh, uh, close to Jerusalem, uh, uh, we find that he is fixing to ascend up into heaven and he gives them some last minute details. He gives them, uh, some last minute reminders, if you will. How many of you have ever left and maybe went out of town or went somewhere and you left a, a list for your children to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Lord God, y'all wasn't nothing like my, my parents, amen. Listen, and, 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 and you better get it done before they get back. I need a witness. Say, listen, we're going to be gone, but this is what you need to do while we're gone. 
Well, this is basically what Jesus is doing here in this first chapter. He's giving them some last minute instructions, last minute responsibilities. In other words, don't forget. Say that with me. Everybody say it. Don't forget. So there's going to be four or five things here that I'm going to share with you tonight that disciples don't forget. Don't forget this. Okay. Say it with me. Don't forget. Say it again. Don't forget. Let's look at the first one. Let's look at the first one. We find in Acts chapter number one, in verse number four, Acts chapter one, verse number four. He's fixing to send up into heaven. And before he does, he, he, he gets them all assembled there. And, uh, and it says, and being assembled with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Now, what was the promise? If you go back in the gospels, you'll find out that Jesus said, I promise you, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send the Holy spirit. I'm going to send the comforter, right? The paraclete, you know, the one who would stand alongside the helper. How many of you glad you got a helper? And this is what he says. This is what he says before. I I know you know what you're supposed to do. I know you know where you're supposed to do it, right? Go into all the world, right? I I know you, you know all that, but before you do, here's what he says. Don't forget this. Number one, don't go without God. Don't go without God. Don't try to accomplish the great commission without the Holy spirit. He says, you have to have the Holy Spirit. This is a God-sized goal. This is a God-sized mission. It's going to need a God-sized power and you can't do it on your own. I know y'all spent time with me. I know y'all have some talent. I know you have some ability. I know y'all got some skills, but you can't do what I'm calling you to do by yourself. Don't go without God. You cannot do this without God. And let's apply that to today. We're to go out into this world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're to go out in this world and do what we can to share our faith. Be witnesses. Amen. Be witnesses. But we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. The very first thing we learned Sunday night in the training is we learned how to utilize the Holy Spirit. You can't preach without the Holy Spirit. You can't worship without the Holy Spirit. You can't win souls without, you can't do anything in ministry without the Holy Spirit. It can't be done in human ingenuity. It can't be done in human talent or human ability. This is a Holy Spirit required deed. Say amen. So he said, don't, don't leave Jerusalem without it. He said, matter of fact, wait, and they had to wait 10 days. They had to wait 10 days. I imagine they got a little impatient. I imagine, I imagine that, that, you know, they were ready. They were chewing it the bit. They were ready to go. But he said, don't do it without the Holy Spirit. If you're going to be a soul winner, if you're going to be a, 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 a seed chucker, as Dave Gibson says, you got to have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, Why? Why is that so important? Why, why was it such a big deal that Jesus said, do not even take one step forward in your career, in your calling, in this commission without that promise of the Holy Spirit? Why? Why was it so important? Let me give you two things. Let me give you two things real quick. Because of what he does for the witness. Why is the Holy Spirit so important? Because of what he does for the witness. Say that with me. For what he does for the the one who's testifying. 
the one who's sharing the gospel, the one who is preaching the truth, the one who is witnessing. It is so important to have the Holy Spirit because of what he does for the witness. It says Acts 1.8, but ye, the witness, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the power, the power to be able to do what we need to do is going to come from who? The Holy Spirit. Okay. Now you say, what actually does he do for the witness? What actually does he do for the witness? Well, first, number one, write this down. He gives you what to say. He gives you what to say. John 15, 26 says this, but when the comforter has come, whom I shall send you from the father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the father, he shall testify of me. What's the spirit going to do? He's going to brag about Jesus. He's going to help you talk about Jesus and help you reflect and witness about Jesus. And then verse 27, what does it say? And ye also shall bear witness. You're going to say what he says to you about me. Talk, this is Jesus speaking. All right, Luke 12. Luke 12, verse 11. And when they bring you into the synagogues and to the magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the, for the Holy Ghost shall what? Teach you in the same hour what? What ye ought to say. What, what does that mean, preacher? Don't worry. You're not by yourself. When you go to be a witness, when you go to share your faith, when you go to, to uh, uh, give the gospel, he, he's going to help you. He's going to help you. It's going to be it's going to be like you got an intercom in your ear, but it'll be in your heart. And, and, and when you think you don't know what to say, he will help you know what to say. There's been times I've been sharing and witnessing to somebody and uh, and, 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 and God is my witness. I, I, I say I don't know where it all come from. I do know where it come from, but I didn't have it planned to say. It would just come. It would just come. The Holy Spirit say this right here. Holy Spirit say, answer it this way right here. You have to have the Holy Spirit because he's going to help you to know what to say. Now, let me, let me give a little uh, uh, warning, maybe is a good word. Just a little, let me just throw this in here. It doesn't mean, this doesn't mean you can be lazy and don't learn what you need to say. It doesn't mean, you know, I've heard preachers say, just open your mouth and God will fill it. That's baloney. Listen, he'll fill it with hot air. Why, why preacher? Because he told you, be ready always. Be ready always to give an answer to any man that asks you the reason of the hope that is in you. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Do you remember when we, we were talking, uh, uh, we, we, we have discussed the, the armor, right? The whole armor of God. You have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate, you know, all of these things. What did he call the sword? Does anybody remember? It's the sword of the spirit. It didn't say the sword of the saint. It said the sword of the spirit. Now, if you, if you have the sword where it belongs, he will bring that back. In other words, you need to hide the word in your heart so the Holy Spirit can bring it back to your remembrance. Some of y'all are kind of like, a lot of us in, in, in science class or history class, you never read the material, but you get into test time and pray to God, he'll bring it to your remembrance. 
but he can't bring something that you never put in there. Are y'all with me? So it's like, it's like going out there with an unloaded gun. If you'll put the bullets in it, the Holy Ghost will pull the trigger. Are y'all with me? So, so this doesn't mean we don't learn our Bible. This doesn't mean we don't learn uh, uh, some methods and, and learn what to say, just like, just like uh, this past week when we learned at the training about, about share, S-H-A-R-E, when we learned that format, learned to, to uh, smile and take interest in people. I had a really cool thing happen this week. I had a really cool thing happen this week. I was in the drive-thru, obviously, and you know, I, had, I did have a smart aleck ask me if this really works other than eating places. And, and <laughs> I have such spiritual people to go to church here, you know. So, yeah, it works other places. It works wherever you take it. I just, that's where I happen to be, amen? amen. But anyway, pulled into the, pulled into the, the, uh, the, the drive-thru there, and, and uh, the young man's name was Josh. And I said, I said, hey, sir, what's your name? Because he didn't have a badge on. And I said, I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Josh. I said, my name's Malcolm. It's good to meet you. So you having a good day today? And he just kind of looked at me funny. And he said something. I didn't have my hearing aids in because one of them broke. Got to get it fixed. So I heard something about humanity. He said, this is a refreshing something about humanity. He said, most people just come in and hand money, don't say a word, and just pull off. And man, that reinforced what I was teaching you guys Sunday night. One of the greatest tools that you can have in sharing your faith is a smile. Just being kind to people. You say, why is that such a big deal? Because there's so little of it out there. Right now we're having road rage is, is, is at epidemic proportions. Showed a video on the news. A guy is, is, is road rage with this woman and she tries to pull off the exit to try to get away from him. He pulls in front, throws an ax through her windshield. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. And it's just going to get worse. It's going to get worse. The influence of Satan is going to be stronger and stronger and stronger until the church is taken out. But the point is, listen, don't fret that and don't worry about that because the darker it is, the brighter your light will be. And just smiling at somebody can make a major difference. Amen? Amen? Now, listen, he'll tell you what to say. He'll help you when it comes time. Listen, he'll bring verses to your mind. There's been times I've sat with somebody and, and, and verses that I memorized when I was in the fourth grade would come back to my memory. I can't even remember Thursday. But the Holy Spirit will bring those things just in time to know how to answer. So you need the Holy Spirit. You need to be praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit before you leave your house that morning so that you'll know what to say when it comes time to say it. And all God's people say it. He'll not only tell you what to say, but he'll give you boldness to say it. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with who? The Holy Ghost. Now, what does it mean to be filled? It means to be controlled, right? It means to be influenced by he's in control of you. He's influencing your, your words, your thoughts, your actions. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. 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 Now, here's the thing. Sometimes there's been times that pro- most likely that you, you have known what to say. You were just scared to say it. Do I have a witness? Anybody like a preacher in here? You get nervous sometimes? Come on. Come on. Any liars in the house? Y'all get them hands up. 
Y'all with me? Like, man, I know I need to. But, ooh, man, there's something about the Holy Spirit. He won't let you go. And he'll just give you courage you never had before. Give you strength you never had before. Boldness you never had before. See, that's why we're praying. That's what you learn Sunday night. Before you leave your house, you're praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're praying for Bob, right? Bob, a burden, an opportunity, and boldness. And I'm telling you, if you will submit to the Holy Spirit and allow him to influence you, allow him to guide you and lead you and fill you, you will have the boldness you need. Not only will you have the boldness you need to say it, he'll tell you what to what to say. Now, how many of y'all could use some of that in your your uh, soul winning expeditions? Amen. Amen. I need his help. I need to know what to say. I need to know have, have the courage and the boldness to say it. Well, that's what he does for the witness. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. B. B. Don't go without God. Don't go without the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do this without the power of the Holy Spirit because of what he does for the witness. But then what he does for the lost. What he does for the lost. You say, why is that important? Because you got to know that this mission he's given you of reaching the lost. That you're not in it all by yourself. What, 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 am I, what do I mean by that? He goes before you. In other words, he's already talking to the person before you get to the person. Are y'all with me? Watch this. Watch this. What does he do for the lost? Number one, he draws them. He draws them. You thought they got saved because of your slick, slick presentation. Didn't have nothing to do with that. Didn't have anything to do with that. When a person gets saved, they're being drawn by the Holy Spirit. Watch these verses. It's amazing how you see three different and they all are one. Genesis 6, 3. Here we see the Holy Spirit drawn. He said, the Lord said, my what? Spirit. Spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also his flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. This is during the the time of Noah. And, and he said, listen, the Holy Spirit's not going, it, it's not going to be unlimited. This is where we, this is one verse, one verse of many, where we see that everybody, you know, I've heard people say, as long as you're breathing, you've got a chance. That's not true. That's not true. As long as God's drawing you, you got a chance, but he doesn't, he doesn't draw you with an unlimited drawing. It says he shall not always strive with man. The word strive means to plead the cause. It means to, basically it's this, that he's pleading with you to believe. He's pleading with you to, to believe the gospel, to believe what the witness is telling you, to believe what the preacher is saying from the word. He said, but he ain't gonna always do that. There's gonna come a time when you'd reject him and you'd, you say no the last time. Listen, but, but we see the spirit drawing. Look at John 6, 4. No man can come to me except the which has sent me do what? Draw him. So the Holy Spirit's drawing in Genesis 6, John 6. We have the Father drawing. Look what John 12, 32. And I, talking about Jesus, I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will will draw all men unto me. So we have the Holy Spirit drawing, the Father drawing, the Son drawing. But the three are one. And here's the thing that the Holy Spirit does. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to draw the sinner unto the Savior. Yeah. 
It's to get them thinking about it. So I was, I was looking for God. No, you wasn't. No, you wasn't. There's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that seeketh after. He came looking for you. And the only reason you start thinking about him is because the Holy Spirit was drawing you. One of our, one of our witnesses that shared uh, the gospel this week, seen someone saved, seen someone's 88 year old man got saved this week. 88 year old man. That, that's like winning the lottery. The odds of a person that age coming to faith is, is, is like winning the lottery. He called me and just was just squalling on the phone. I couldn't even, I couldn't understand thing he was saying, man. I said, what's wrong? What happened? What happened? Is everything okay? What's wrong? Finally got his composure and said, man, I just, I just shared my faith and he got saved. 88 years old. But watch this, watch this. When he shared his faith with him, he said, I've been thinking about that. I wonder what got him thinking about it. You see? God, the Holy Spirit, was working in the saved person to go share with the lost person. But while the Holy Spirit was, watch this now, influencing, influencing, leading him to go share his faith, he was over here before he got here and said, now you need to pay attention about this. You need to think about heaven or hell. You need to think about where you're going to go. Are y'all with me? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, we can't go without God. We have to have the Holy Spirit. Because before we ever go, he's already there working on them. Do you remember, do you remember when, when uh, Jesus was at the well? Remember when Jesus was at the well? And, 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 and he sent his disciples in and they come back with nothing. And she come back with everybody. She put them all to shame. But you remember what he told them? He said, I sent you where somebody else labored. In other words, they were already ready. See, the Holy Spirit had already been drawing them. So how do you know that? Because they came when she told them. You see, we need the Holy Spirit. Because they're gonna, the Holy Spirit's going to be drawing people. Drawing people. We call them people in DMD, uh, disciples making disciples, we call them people pre-Christians. And really we pray, say, God, lead us to a pre-Christian. Lead us to somebody you're already drawing. When that young lady prayed through that drive-thru window with me, I didn't have to beg, plead, convince. I didn't have to do anything. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit was already saying, hey, come on. You see, the Holy Spirit draws the sinner. Not only does the Holy Spirit draw the sinner, but look at this. Number two. He convicts them. He convicts them. Or if you want to use the word convinced, it doesn't really matter. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. We know that's the Holy Spirit. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove. The word reprove there means to convince. It means to convince. Say that with me. It means to. So watch how this works. Watch how this works. You got the child of God over here who has the, co- the commission and the responsibility to share his faith and spread the gospel. You got the sinner over here, the lost person uh, who needs the gospel, 
who needs to be saved, who needs to hear the gospel. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Well, the Holy Spirit will nudge the saint to go share his faith and will lead him who to share it with. But at the same time and even before he's over here saying, hey, you need to think about your life. You need to think about heaven or hell. You need to think about eternity and he will allow that person to see things or some things that come into his life that makes him think about eternity. And then watch when the when the saved person hooks up with the lost person, he begins to share his story. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Let me tell you what Jesus will do for you. And the whole time that the saved person is sharing their story and then sharing God's story, sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit is in the ear of that lost person saying, that's right. Listen up. Hey, pay attention right here. You know he's right. He's telling the truth. You better listen to what he's saying. The whole time. The whole time you're sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit is convincing them, convicting them, drawing them, and telling them, believe the gospel and be saved. Now do you see why we can't go without God? We can't try to win souls without the Holy Spirit. We can't can't try to, to, to do this great commission that God has given us without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't even get out of your bed in the morning before you ask God to fill you with his spirit and lead you. Ask God to forgive you of anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit and listen, follow his direction. Jesus is telling his disciples, don't forget. Don't forget. Number one, don't go without God. Number two, number two, boy, I used a lot of time up on that, didn't I? That's okay. That's okay. It's the most important one anyway. Number two, look what it says. Verse six, verse six. When they therefore were come together, they asked him saying, Lord, Will it this, thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now keep in mind, keep in mind that Jesus had been preaching the gospel of the kingdom the whole time and telling them that he was the Messiah. He was the one that would be king and he would restore the kingdom of Israel. And by the way, it's going to happen. All, all these, all these people preaching this replacement theology that the church took the place of Israel, that God doesn't have a plan for Israel anymore. They don't know what they're talking about. He's going to restore Israel. He will sit on a throne in Israel. He will rule from the capital of the world, which will be Jerusalem. He's going to, there is going to be a kingdom. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And so they know that and they understand that. And they are tickled about that because he said, you're going to rule with me. You're going to be on thrones with me. And so it's really not that they were as concerned as him getting his throne. Possibly they were thinking about their throne. You're going to do it now. You're going to do it now. Y'all know what Jesus did. He said, look, it is not for you to know the times or the season. In Alabama, we say it's none of your business. Don't worry about that. That's not your priority. That's not what you need to worry about. He said, but you shall receive power 
After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. You don't need to be worrying about the kingdom. You don't need to be worrying about when he's coming. You don't need to be worrying about the signs or the times. You don't need to be worrying about, don't be burning your car up going to prophecy conferences if you won't go across the street to witness to your neighbor. So don't get distracted. Say, what were they getting distracted by? Their own agenda. What they wanted. God had done told them to go to the ends of the earth. God had already told them to go to every creature and go to every nation. But they were wanting, does this make sense? Now write these three things down. Let me just get into it quick because I'm going to run out of time, sure enough. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. He said, listen, don't get distracted by your sin. Sin can be a huge distraction. You remember what we said was so important to have boldness? You remember when we preached on boldness? That one of the, one of the keys to boldness is purity. You remember? The righteous are bold as a lion. They have courage. They have boldness. They're not always looking over their shoulder. They don't, they're, they're not living with a guilty conscience. There's, there's purity there. And I'm telling you, when we got issues in our life that we need to deal with, sins in our life or habits in our life, it's going to cause us to be distracted from doing what we are supposed to be doing. You know why? You know how I know that? Because I've experienced that. I've experienced stupidity in my life when things I haven't done right or should, should have done different. It grieves the Holy Spirit. And if I'm grieving the Holy Spirit, I don't have boldness. I don't have power. And I'm not going to be witnessing because I'm too busy. Are y'all with me? Now look what it says. Look what it says. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us what? Lay Everybody say, it. let us lay aside. lay aside every weight. Now, weight is not necessarily a sin, but it is something that's burdening you to the point that you can't do what you're supposed to do. Amen. That's why it says weight and the sin. The sin with, with which doth so easily beset us. Which does so easily beset, in other words, knock us off course. Keep us from doing what we're supposed to be doing. Distracting us from what we're supposed to do. Don't get distracted by our sins. Keep a, keep a clean record. Remember what we learned Sunday in the training? Part of being filled with the Holy Spirit is having a clean slate. A clear conscience. Coming to Christ and say, Lord, forgive me of anything. Forgive me of Whatever it is. You say, preacher, is that necessary? Well, Jesus kind of illustrated it. Jesus kind of illustrated it when he washed the disciples' feet. And, 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 and what do you preach? What do you mean by that? When he came and washed the disciples' feet, there was one particular disciple that was known for putting his foot in his mouth. Y'all remember Peter? And he said, no, he thought he was being real slick and spiritual and humble. You know, no, you're not going to wash my feet. He said, well, you have no part with me. He said, but then just wash everything then. I mean, he goes from one extreme to the other. And that, if that's the case, just wash everything. He said, you're clean all but your feet. Because see, in that day, you know, sandals, dirt, dirt paths, dirt, dirt streets, when they would come in, you would be clean. You'd, maybe you just had a bath, but by the time you got to your neighbors or to where the, 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 the host is or the party, you, you're saying your feet are dirty, so they would just wash the feet. And, and the illustration in that, in the illustration in that, Jesus is trying to show you that you might be saved, born again, child of God, 
But sometimes living in this old world, we get dirty feet. We're born again, but we have problems sometimes. We have struggles sometimes. We have issues sometimes. And we need cleansing. We need cleansing. He says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unright. That's not to get saved again or stay saved. That's to be in a clear conscience and a clear connection with God. Having a right relationship with God. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. So we can't allow sin to distract us. Not only sin, but this is, this is big. Most of us have more problems with this than anything. Our schedules. Don't get distracted by your schedules. Second Timothy two, three. Thou therefore endure hardness as Paul speaking to Timothy. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth. What's that next word? Everybody say it. Entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now. Now, some people have taken that verse to mean that you don't do anything. You go to work, you read your Bible, you go to church. You have no anything. It's not what he's saying. He's not saying don't go fishing or don't go to a ball game or don't be involved in sports. Some people think that I have this issue with sports. I don't have no issue with sports. I love sports. I love cheering for sports. My kids play sports. The problem is, is when you get entangled with it. There's a difference between being involved and being entangled. Let me show you the word entangled. The word entangled. It means to perplex or what? As with cares. Perplex. Look what perplex means. To make or. I have watched people who have scheduled their schedule to the point of insanity. They've made their life so complicated trying to do everything in the world. They feel like their kid has to be in every single activity of every single thing to keep up with the Joneses, to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that, every sport, every this, every that, gotta be. And they are driving themselves insane. And then when the preacher says, hey, I need you to share your story. Well, that's just one more thing to go. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pretty sure Jesus commanded you to do this first. There ain't ain't nothing wrong with your kids playing sports. Well, how do I know if I'm entangled? Have you been sharing? Are you too busy to go to church? You missing tons of church, you might be entangled. When's the last time you've done something for the glory of God, to serve God? You might be entangled. He didn't say, he didn't say stay away. Watch this. Let me read the verse. This is good. It's hard to hear, but it's good. And, and keep in mind this, y'all. Keep in mind this. If it's hard to hear, it's hard to say. Do you hear me? I don't like having to say it, but I got to. Because I see so many people entangled. Look, not only, not only by our schedules, but by our societies. He says, John 17, 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, 
but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. You know what Jesus said? I know you're going to have to live out there. I know you got to go to work. I know you got to live in this world. And I don't want the father to take you out of the world, but I want the father to keep the world out of you. And you know what I'm afraid is happening in our world today with born again Christians who are supposed to be serving God? Every single child of God, if you are reconciled to God, that means you have a responsibility and a ministry to reconcile others and help bring others to God. You're an ambassador of Christ. And if your schedule is so filled and so busy that you're not an ambassador, you're entangled. How are you going to please the one who's called you to be a soldier if you ain't even got time to do anything for him? Then the society. Then the society. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world, isn't it? And I am seeing Christians. I'm telling you, this is, it's amazing to me how we are so consumed with things that don't matter. We are so consumed with things going on on social media and going on in our country and going on in the world. And we had not shared the gospel with anybody. Worried about masks and quarantines and vaccines and whether you should get this or don't get that or or, or rock the south. Listen, quit worrying about rock the south. Sinners are going to do what sinners do. Oh, but the the Trump rally, if you don't want to go, don't go. You want to go park it, put it there, whatever. But hey, share your faith. Quit getting distracted. Quit getting distracted. The devil's laughing at us, y'all. He's got us so focused on everything other than you got a minute. Can I share how good God's been to me? And you know, I found out and I'm, trust me now, I, I, I get, sometimes if I'm not careful, I get caught up in that stuff. And you know what I find myself doing when I get caught up in that? Getting mad. <laughs> and frustrated and blood pressure and, uh, but do you know what happens when I, I slow down and I see old Josh in the window? Or get to talk to old Pam. I say, hey, you got a minute? Yeah. Man, there's joy that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. Miss <coughs> Barry has led two people to Christ this week. And she was walking this high off the ground. Yeah. Brother Jerry Wren. Led that gentleman to the Lord earlier this week. And I'm talking about just, just so happy. He just so much joy. I mean, that's a stark difference than what I've seen some of y'all on social media. Let me tell you what the problem is. You done got distracted. You've done got so entangled in stuff that don't even matter. We've forgotten that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. But while we're passing through, I want to get somebody to go with me. Amen. So quit worrying about stuff you can't change. Well, I think you can change. I think you can vote. Well, vote. Do it and then go back and share somebody. But let's don't get so worked up. We forget what we're here for. Don't get. Come on, everybody. Don't get distracted. So number one, 
Number one. Hurry, 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 hurry. Number one, he says, disciples. Oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. You have been distracted. Number one, number one, say it, everybody. Don't go without God. I know y'all are saying it loud out there at Fairview. I know you are. I know you are. All right, ready? Number one, let's try it again. And he says, also, don't forget, number two. Don't get distracted. Number three, number three, we will finish. Say it to your neighbor. We will finish. Don't forget your purpose. Don't forget what you're called to do. Don't forget why you're still on the planet. This is the only reason you're still on the planet. Every other thing we can do in heaven besides this. But ye shall receive power. Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be. Everybody say it. Ye shall be witnesses. witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Watch this. No matter. <clears throat> no matter if we are a painter, plumber, policeman, doctor, or lawyer. We are a. Witness. We're a witness. If you're a child of God, let's do our survey. Let's do our survey. We've done this survey like seven, eight, nine weeks in a row. Yeah. All right. How many of y'all are saved? Born again, child of God. No question about it. You are saved. Raise your hand. All right. Second question. How many of y'all were there when it happened? That makes you an eyewitness. Eyewitness. Amen. Amen. Now, some of those boys could say, I saw him walk on water. Some of those boys could say, I saw him turn uh, uh, water into wine. I saw him feed 5,000. I saw him heal lame legs. I saw him heal blinded eyes. How many of y'all saw that? Okay, good trick question. You didn't. Well, how are we going to be a witness again? Let's do our survey again. How many of y'all say? How many of y'all were there when it happened? How many of y'all saw it all? That makes you a... You know what you need to tell? That's exactly right. You might not have seen him walk on water, but you've seen him change your life. You've seen him sober up a drunk. You've seen him make a streetwalker go home. You see, come on now. You're an eyewitness. Your purpose is to tell what you know. Tell what you know. Look what it, I love this part. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. John 9. Jesus heals a blind man. Jesus heals a blind man. And, and the Pharisees, they, they hate it. I mean, they, Jesus just, just roots them every time he gets around them. And they're trying, to, they're trying to get this man to explain to them how he can see again. And, and he really didn't know Jesus. He didn't, he didn't, you know, have a total, complete understanding of who Jesus was. Now watch how this questioning went. He says in John 9, 24, he says, then again, called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know this man is a sinner. In other words, don't be bragging about Jesus. Watch. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know that where I was blind, but now 
He said, I don't know about everything you're saying, but let me tell you what I do know. I was blind. And when I met Jesus, now I can see. You know what you can tell people on the street? You can tell people in the market when they ask you all kind of crazy questions. It don't mean nothing. You can say, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know where Cain got his wife from. I don't know who he married. I don't know how in the world that a man was swallowed by a whale and he or a fish and he survived. But this one thing I know, one day I had fear in my heart. I Listen, I felt incomplete. I felt like something was missing. But then one day I met Jesus and he filled that void in my soul. He changed my life forever. And man, he gave me courage where fear used to be. And I'm not afraid anymore. That's one thing I know. How do you know that? Isaiah when it happened. You got a story. Anybody can do that. If you was there when it church say man. Just tell what happened. That's your, that's your purpose. Isn't that what he says? Ye shall be. What does a witness do? They tell what they know. You remember Joe Friday? The facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Just tell us what you know. You don't, you don't have to know everything. Just tell them what you know. Tell them what you know. Oh, there's more preaching in here than I got time for. <laughs> tell them what you know. A, tell them what you know. B, it's local, national, and international. He said, you be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and where? Matthew 28, Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach who? How many of them? Okay. That means more in the U.S., right? Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, go ye into, is that beyond Holly Pond? Okay, all right, just checking. And preach the gospel to? That mean Yankees too? Northerners? Southerners? Democrats? Republicans? Hello, independents? No clue? Whoever you are. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We got a cool, we got a cool privilege tonight. Uh, uh, we got the campers with us tonight. Uh, you want to wave at us? I ain't going to embarrass you. They snuck in on us. They're, they are our missionaries. They are our missionaries to Guatemala. They're serving in Guatemala right now. Their, their little baby got a, 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 a bacteria, a, a something going on in the stomach that they couldn't treat down there. So they're back in getting him fixed up and fixing to go back. And so they're international. They're, 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 where they're sharing the gospel, you've got to have a visa to get to. But you don't have to have a visa to get to Holly Pond. Now, see, they're going and sharing the gospel over there. But they're trusting that you're going to share it over here. 
Micah, you got any family around here? Lindsay, I know you got family around here. Now, see, they're believing that you're going to help perpetuate the gospel here because they're leaving family behind. And somebody's going to have to tell them about Jesus. Now, we're sending them there because you can't go to Guatemala. Not for a long time anyway. You might go for a trip, but you, you know, you got responsibilities here. The point is, the point is twofold. One, I've heard people say, well, I don't know why we send money overseas. We got enough problems here because God told us to. That's the only reason we need. He said, go, send. Are y'all with me? But then, then we have the problem of we ease our conscience by raising money to send the campers and then we don't do nothing. And we think we've done our job because we've given a little money. No, it don't work that way. The light that shines the farthest should shine the brightest at home. Don't brag about 500 missionaries all over the globe if you won't go across the street. Amen? That's why we're emphasizing this and we're really driving this home that we're losing our country. It's going down in flames and it's nobody's fault but the silent Christian. It's time we open our mouths. We've got a story to tell. And all God's people say it. Don't forget your purpose. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. We've got four minutes. We'll make it. We'll make it. We'll make it. Have faith. He says to the disciples in this chapter, before he goes back to heaven, he says, number one, he says, don't forget. He said, number one, don't forget. Don't go without God. Number two, he said, don't forget. Don't, don't get distracted. Number three, he said, don't forget your purpose. Don't forget your purpose. Number four, don't procrastinate and delay. Don't procrastinate and delay. Write this down. A, don't be mad at me. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Proverbs 26, 13 says this. The slothful man, if you wonder what slothful man means, lazy. The slothful man say it. There's a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. You know what he's doing? He don't want to go to work. So he's saying there's a reason I can't go. For somebody that doesn't want to do nothing, any excuse will do. Benjamin Franklin said this, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. I'll tell you what Dr. E.V. Hill called an excuse. He said an excuse is laziness wrapped in a lie. Well, preacher, I would share my faith, but I would witness, but I would go, but, 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 but from what I know, sheep don't, but goats do. Hello. Stop making excuses. There is no excuse. There is no legitimate excuse for somebody who is born again, child of God, not to share their faith. Stop making excuses. 
be? Well, it's hard. I know. That's why I said don't go without God. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Amen? Stop making excuses. B, let's, let's finish up with this. Stop making excuses. Stop wasting time. Stop wasting time. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. Romans 13.11, And that knowing the time is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. I know what you're thinking. Where is that in this chapter? You're supposed to be preaching the Bible. Okay. Verse 9. I forgot to put the verse beside, so if y'all want to write this down, it's verses 9 through 12. Under don't procrastinate delay. It said, when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was called up or taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. In other words, Jesus goes, which I can, you know, I, I got to give him just a little slack because if somebody just floated up from there and went straight on up into heaven, I think I'd be. That's what they're doing. I mean, they're just, they're just mesmerized, blown away here. You know, Jesus just floated up into heaven. And while they were there, God sent a couple of angels and said, boys, why are you standing around? Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same one that left, he's going to come back in the same way. You know what he's telling him? You got time to lean. You got time to clean. Let's get busy, boys. And as soon as, he, as soon as they said that, they returned to Jerusalem. That's where God told them to wait was in Jerusalem. What's the point? Too many of us are standing around gazing when we should be blazing. We're running out of time. We truly are. We're running out of time. It is high time we wake out of our sleep. We got work to do. We got people to win. And trust me, from what I've seen this week, just phone call after phone call after phone call, the, the fields are wide under harvest. Problem is we've got a labor shortage. Got a labor shortage. You think it's only a labor shortage out there? It's been in the church for centuries. Listen, don't forget, don't go without God. Don't try to do this without the Holy Spirit. And God knows, don't get distracted. Quit letting things from this world cause you to lose focus on what your purpose is. He says, don't forget your purpose. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And he said, whatever you do, don't procrastinate and delay. Let's get to it. And all God's people say it.